Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 272 of the Keep Moving Forward podcast with me, your host, Anthony DiDomenico, coming to you live every Monday night, live on Facebook, always available at anchor.fm slash KMF podcast, also available on iTunes. And while you're there, please do not forget to five-star rate and review. I love reading reviews. I love sharing on social media and bragging about the best podcast listeners out there. And that is you guys. And if you missed the live Facebook uh, episode, if you don't watch on Facebook, you could still watch the video. It is on Spotify. Spotify has got a great new platform where they allow you to upload the video podcast as well as the audio. So check that out at Spotify. Follow five-star rate review. Same thing. I'll share all of it. So definitely check that out as well. There's going to be a bonus episode coming out soon. I've been doing the dashboard confessionals. I, people seem to like them, you know, just sitting in my car driving and saying more than I should. So check it out at patreon.com slash KMF podcast. Built Bar is dropping new flavors like crazy. The best protein bar on the market. Check them out. BuiltBar.com. Use code Podcast. Save yourself 10% off your order. If you're in the mood for saving 10%, go to sailawaycoffee.com. This is my favorite nitro brew. They have amazing flavors. Check them out, sailawaycoffee.com. Use code WWBRO10. You will save 10% off your order. This is a local Long Island company, so you know I'm behind it, but they do ship throughout the whole country, so check them out at sailawaycoffee.com. If anybody's interested in Plexus, the benefits of Plexus, finding out what it's done for me over these last couple of months, DM me. We'll get you set up, get you ready to go. John Ziegler's comedy special is available on YouTube. Very quick way to find it. Go to his Instagram page at John Ziegler Comedy. Click the link in the bio. His full-length special, Getting My Affairs in Order. Check it out. Uh, it's a big deal that he's on Instagram because he vowed never to do it, but here he is. He gave into the pressure, so check that out. If you want to come see me do a stand-up comedy and you're in the Princeton, New Jersey area, I'll be at Catch a Rising Star April 28th and 29th with my buddy Ryan Marr. He's headlining. Check it out at catcharisingstar.com for tickets. It's going to be a blast. So come on down. I'm excited to see everybody. Without further ado, though, uh, let's get to my guest. I'm very excited to have my guest on today. Savannah, how you doing? Hi, um, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited to have you on. I've been following you now for a little while um, and really like the content you're putting out there. Um, I love how supportive you are also of all these these people, these bands, these movies. Now, is this a partnership or are you just the nicest person ever? Okay. <laughs> so when I do have partnerships, I will explicitly state it's a partnership, okay. but nine times out of 10, like when it comes with some, like some of the bands and the movies and stuff, I just really enjoy it. And when people put in their hard work and dedication to things and really put their heart and soul into it, I think they should you know, get that recognition and I've met some really great people. So I'm going to support the hell out of them. That's awesome. And you can go support Savannah at her page at cloudy dead doll on Instagram. Uh, it's two, two L's. No, I'm not. I'm dolls. Always with two L's. I don't know why I said that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just forget about this. Yeah. I always, I messed something up. I said it before. There's always oh. something like, yeah, dolls DOL. That's how it is. That's how it's spelled. Sorry. Um, horrible spelling, but there you go. Got it out there. Uh, the one mess up. So, live that's how we do it <laughs> it's okay yeah all right uh way to go anthony way, way to uh be a professional i've been doing this don't for start, 20 years start. no one would ever know that i've been doing radio for 20 years i mean i've got it down 
down to a science. Uh, but it's it's um it's great when you, you could just, you know, you support people just for the fact that, hey, listen, I enjoy what they're doing. They're putting a lot of hard work into it and they're putting it out there. And I I I, I did a lot of the podcast too. If I see somebody that's, you know, breaking breaking their, you know, their back trying to get something going and I like it, hey, why not give them a shout out? Why not give them a plug? What's the worst right. that can happen? Yeah. yeah. And then in your intro, I noticed you said Built Bar. And I'm just like, wow, the universe is really just throwing that at me. Because I've been seeing ads for the new Puff ones. And I'm like, mm. So I'm not a Puff guy. I don't like marshmallow. I'm not a big marshmallow fan. Um, like Peeps, to me, are the worst thing ever. Like everybody's <laughs> going crazy about Peeps because they're Easter. So you don't uh, do Three Musketeers? No. I'm, I, you know what? I just, I, I mean, I, I'll eat it. Because if it's chocolate wrapped in chocolate, I'll I'll get it down somehow. You know, I, we'll 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 fight the we'll fight that. But um, if I had my choice, no, uh, marshmallow is not. I mean, some things I'll I'll be like, okay, this is good. Like a s'mores, like I can eat that because it's like you know gooey and there's a lot of other things going on. Okay, but I'm not like a marshmallow fan. Like yesterday, my nephew Rocco was eating this weird marshmallow thing he got for Easter, and he's like, it, it, I don't know, maybe nauseous, but he they said it was the greatest thing ever. Um, <laughs> But people like to build puffs. They 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 do like them. Um, I've had some that I like, but I'm a, I'm a fan of the regular protein bar. Okay, let me give it a try. See if, see if you like it or not. Yeah, I just got to figure out which ones are the best flavors. So you might have to uh, send me a message. Let me know. Yeah, I um I'll share the ones that I liked. Um, some of the ones were good. I had they had um we were talking before like before the podcast started about like protein shakes and like mint chocolate, which I usually like mint chocolate. Like I love like, you know, thin mints and um what's that thing the Girl Scouts? That thin mints? Yeah. Yeah, the thin mints. Okay. Are you thinking about the Andes mints candy? Yes. So Bilt Bilt Bar came out with a mint chocolate puff for St. Patrick's Day. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I'm gonna try this. It tasted like toothpaste to me. I, I was, yeah, I was not happy about it. That's sad. <laughs> you gotta, for you right. gotta do mint the right way. Yeah, and I tell the truth. Like, you know, I'm not like hiding anything. I, you know, but very I don't promote anything I don't, you know, use myself. So right. Um that's how I try to keep my platform. I do. I see that you're you started you, how long have you been modeling for? Like if it's like, you know, something new or um so clothing and stuff, it's been within the past couple of years. Um, I originally started out as a vape model. A vape um, model. Yeah, promoting uh e-cig products and like vape juices and stuff like that if, if that's how i started with it laughing because i i do a joke about vape in my, in my act um <laughs> not a, i mean i don't i'm not a fan of it um mainly because of him he slept he was doing shows here on long island so we stayed at my place and i walk out in the morning to a cloud and it was just like i'm like no you gotta go outside for that still i just gotta go outside for that you know you're still gonna be respectful of people's places <laughs> he wasn't that so that's i think mainly the thing so how do you model vape? Is it like you just hold the thing to your mouth and like turn your head like and sometimes sometimes okay um sometimes it's you know getting the tricks with the O's and stuff and sometimes it's literally just modeling the product or like some of the shots that I used to get I wouldn't even be in the product. I would just set it up and do like product photos of the bottles and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, cuz um I always wondered how some people got into modeling like you know especially nowadays where it seems like um, not that much they're going for, like you know, they just taking more amateur stuff, like in there. So, is it hard to make money now with it, or is it just 
It depends. I mean, the industry in general is kind of a uh, fickle thing. Um, but if you go for it, go for it. It's best thing I can say is quality over quantity. Cause like there were, there were times where I've literally pushed out stuff just because I needed content out there and I absolutely hated how it came out. So I think that's what social media in general, you see a lot of that. Like I, and I I'm guilty of it too. Like I'll be like, Oh, I didn't post yesterday. I have to put something out. And it's like, no post when you actually have something to say or want to show. Um, right. I, I feel like, you know, we're trying to like stay in this algorithm um, that everybody keeps talking this magical mystical algorithm that you know the one that nobody can figure out how to get down yeah yeah that you know if you post for a while it's like posting i don't know if it's changed because like people are only posting reels forever and now i see what people posting pictures i'm like but my just as i mastered the reel are you switching it up on yeah (laughs) so i don't know what's like what the cool kids are doing nowadays i don't know what to do i don't know either and i'm on the same platform So I'm going to continue to do what I've been doing. And <laughs> I just go with the flow of things. It makes life easier. Absolutely. It's just easier to do it that way. I think um, just, you know, post what you want to post, show what you want to show. And this is it. Now, when you got, how did you first get into modeling? I know you mentioned the vape thing, but did you know somebody or did somebody just ask you to do it? Or is it something you always wanted to do? Uh, it's, it's something I always wanted to do. Like the whole modeling and acting thing. Like it, it's always something that kind of sparked my interest, but like with my past and me, you know, I am me being in recovery for the eating disorders, uh, that whole part of my mindset, the body dysmorphia just kicked in and told me no. And I finally got to a point where I'm like, you know what, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So I just started putting myself out there, going out there and meeting up with photographers and becoming really good friends with one and, he is literally like it's further down on my page because obviously I don't live in North Carolina anymore. Um, and it was some of the first lingerie sets that I did on my page were with him. Amazing photographer and even better friend. Like he was made me feel so comfortable and that just kind of helped sparked me to go forward and like see what I wanted and what I didn't want as far as like photos and stuff like that and absolutely you learning need yeah, but you of course know. you know you always feel you feel good when you post something and like a brand will like it or repost your photo and i'm like hey you see me <laughs> we're good i love your stuff <laughs> well absolutely when you're doing something like that where it is where you're already feeling self-conscious and like you said body dysmorphia and all that you need somebody that you trust to like you know right it's not going to make you feel even less than you know how you're feeling already and that body dysmorphia, that's, I mean, people, I don't think people realize how real and scary and dangerous that really is. I know um, when I had gotten to my lowest, I was down a little over 200 pounds. I still saw that guy before. And in my head, that's that's who it was, no matter what. Every time something didn't, I went to go put a shirt on, it didn't fit right. right. I immediately saw the guy who was 200 pounds heavier and let that eat away at me and um, negate some of the success that I was having. Uh, you know, I can imagine how it is for a woman, you know, especially on social media and how harsh critics really are. Yeah, no, I a thousand percent understand what you're saying. Like when I go out to buy clothes or like if I'm ordering clothes online, I physically because as a model and everything, I have to keep track of my measurements 24 seven. I have to keep them updated. 
I literally have to go buy those numbers or else my brain will automatically go get the two X, get the three X. Like I still see myself mm -hmm. at almost 300 pounds yeah, and I'm not crazy. there anymore, but like my brain will still, it's, it's a crazy thing. Like I'll always opt for the bigger size and then somebody's like, what are you doing? And then I'll get something in that and then it doesn't fit or it's falling off. And I'm like, it didn't. well, crap. Yeah, that was like the first time I realized like how many pants size actually went down. I just bought a size that, okay, I knew I lost weight. So I just went a couple of sizes down and every time I was like begging, and by the time you know it, I was like, it was like 20 pants. So I was like, oh my God, like this oh, is wow. <laughs> I went up since then, but this is back when I was on my grind. Um, we're back on it again. So anyway, just make excuses. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to just think out loud. Um, but anyway, like, you know, you get to that point where like, you don't, you don't let yourself believe it or realize it. And then you have to actually, like, you have to write your measurements down. Otherwise, you know, you're going to buy. And I never thought like, that's crazy how like, you know, it's like, no, I'm used, but people see themselves the way yeah. their brain is just been, it's been like, it's, it's weird. It's hard to explain it, but it's like, it's, it's ingrained in your head, the head. This is the way I'll always be. And this is, how you know the body that i'm in now you said and you it's, were it's not only that too like you have to unlearn a whole bunch of stuff like i know you said you've been on your own journey yeah it's a slightly different journey for me but like i had to like brain breaking things for me um in you know with what i'm in recovery for i've ended up dropping two almost three pant sizes eating more and it's, it's not doing the things that I was doing when I was sick than I ever was back when I was giving into those behaviors. And it's, it's a brain breaking thing because I think diet culture in general and social media will peddle. Oh, just cut your calories down to like 800 a day. Don't do that. Number one, no. don't do that. Don't do 1200. That is the amount for a toddler. Like, no, <laughs> like <coughs> it's really is. It's just protein. Like, yeah, that's the, the crazy thing. Like, you know, when I when I was doing WW when I, you know, when I when I'm on, like I I eat a bunch of times during the day. It's smaller portions, but I'm I'm eating. When I'm not, I'm eating these bigger meals like maybe once or twice a day, but I'm consuming so much more. Mm -hmm. So much like, you know, stuff that doesn't make my body feel good that it's hard to like fathom like in my head, like when I'm doing this, I'm like, well, I'll just eat twice today. That's better than eating, like, you know, I'm like but it's not because I'm not putting good things into my body. I'm not getting the protein. I'm not getting the nutrition, but yeah, the head will make, it'll make sense when I'm, when I'm doing it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Three dollars. I still have moments where I'm like, I'll like catch hmm. myself halfway through the day. And I'm like, I haven't eaten today. That's not good. And then by the time I go and I'm like, you know what? I need to actually be good and not fall back into those patterns you get ravenously hungry like super late at night and end up everything everything and anything that you, you said you were in recovery for for eating disorders yeah um like what was the what was the like the i always ask people what like the the, the breaking point was like you know like you know for people on do like weight loss journeys there's always that one moment did you have that like moment where you're like i can't do this anymore i have to you know correct this yeah um it was kind of a combination of things it was when the bulimia had started getting really bad and i was going through upwards of 500 laxative pills a day um 
and just psychologically my brain was just breaking i i felt horrible i didn't want to be around anymore and then i lost a really good friend of mine and found out how she passed and it was similar complications to what i was dealing with and then one of my best friends um he was like look fourth time's a charm i need to go in recovery for he was going into recovery for um substances uh and i was like you know what i need i need help we'll do it together and we started at the same time and because of him i'm now at two almost three years and has a stick in two and he's doing fantastic <laughs> that's awesome and I, i'm sorry you, you lost your, your friend um that's never you know it's hard to go through especially you know when you're seeing a mirror almost like of what's going on in your life um, yeah, and that's what I don't I don't think people do realize that you don't have to be a skeleton to be considered sick with a lot of those things. Um, she wasn't. Yeah, and that's I think. Yeah, people have that. In their and head. I, I wasn't. Yeah, they like, hear bulimia. They're like, OK, they're Karen Carpenter They're You know, it's like and that's why I fell under the atypical anorexia because my BMI was not low enough to fall under regular but the damage that i did to my heart and my gastrointestinal system and everything else like stuff that i'm dealing with now in recovery you know giving myself food intolerances and the massive amounts of vitamins and supplements that i have to take just to feel normal it you don't have to look that way by the time you end up looking that way you're close to death yeah and i i wasn't ready to go so you said you have a lot. We were talking before um, about food intolerances before we started the podcast. So this is all stuff. You never had this stuff before. This is all now stuff that's new due to um, what you had went through and everything. Yeah. And uh, funny enough, I was scrolling through videos online and the algorithm showed me a video and was like, for you. And I'm like, this is a little too specific because she was talking about, did anybody else just want to lose a couple pounds? And end up with a spiraling eating disorder and now in recovery have all of these food intolerances. And I'm like, listen, it's a little too, a little too close to home. It's been a little too, too accurate in the for you page. They're really, yeah. Uh, but really... um, like when I was sick, my brain had convinced me that I couldn't eat meat. Okay. Um, so I was vegan. That was not the case. My body didn't have an intolerance to meat at that point. Um, but now um, I, I do process chicken a little bit slower. So like certain chicken, I do have to make sure I don't eat a whole, whole lot or else I'll get like super, super bloated and it is a little painful. Um, gluten was the biggest one for me. Uh, and the saddest one for me, uh, I found that out eating a yeah. slice of pizza at, uh, work and ended up looking like nine months pregnant and was in a massive amount of pain and was sweating and dizzy and, I was like, well, this is this is nice. Maybe it was just a one-off thing. And a couple of days later, tried it again, and it happened again. And I'm like, okay, nope. So it's it's gluten. Gluten, yeah. And I I hear a lot of people that's like one of the first intolerances they get is, is the gluten intolerance. Not just even from eating disorders, but like as as you get older, right. sometimes and, and different things like that's it seems more like you know I don't know what the reason is why people more people are having gluten intolerance. Maybe it's what they're putting in our foods, like you know. Chemical yeah, I don't know because I've heard when people go overseas, even if they do have celiac, they have no issues. Okay. Um, or if they have the intolerance, they don't have any issues when they're over there. So I don't know if it's just 
like you said, something that's being put in the food. I mean, granted, like a lactose intolerant person, sometimes I'll just say screw it and take the pain. Because um, pizza, pizza is a beautiful thing. And soft pretzels are a beautiful thing. And like, no. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, in <laughs> New York, um, you know, bagels and pizza are like our, our staples. Right. And, um, you know, I've had um, some stomach issues as far as but acid reflux. And uh, gall, I have a gall, I have a gallstone, so I have to really watch what I eat. Otherwise, that gets like you know a little inflamed. Dude, and acid reflux is fun. Yeah, oh yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 a party. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like I sometimes the other night I was at the cigar lounge. They brought in I would I told you about the carbonara slice of pizza. I literally said F it, and I <laughs> paid for it the next day with massive acid reflux. Um, there wasn't enough tums and water to choke all that down. It was it was bad. A friend of mine told me milk because I don't have it often, but like the one or two times they had it, they were like, drink this milk. Because one of the times it happened at her house and she gave me milk and Tums and it, it helped tremendously. I don't remember what I ate um, to do that, but the milk helped. Well, they say with milk, if you're eating like spicy food and your mouth is burning to drink milk, like if you go, there's, these, there's this place by me that has like these atomic wings and they give don't you milk drink to drink water. with it. No, they drink. They give you milk to drink with it because mm -hmm. it's supposed to, like you know, calm the uh, the heat down. Surprisingly enough, a little bit of sugar too. Really? Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm gonna drink milk and sugar. So um, like milkshake. Milk. I'm gonna have a milkshake. That's it. Milkshake. There we go. There you go. Milkshake. Fuck <laughs> is really bothering me. And then uh, we'll I see found out the sugar thing from watching. I think it was Gordon Ramsay on Hot Ones. Okay. He had he had said something about sugar. This is a guilty pleasure of mine is hot ones. I love watching people try to eat spicy wings. Yeah, because they, they it's it's always a matter of lips like well, and I really want to try it too, but I'm like, mm. well, sp some spicy is okay, but I can't do like the atomic stuff where it's like you know it's like four alarm fire in my mouth. I, I, don't, oh, I don't. Yeah, know. yeah I was about to say because I love like the Korean spicy stuff. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> and you you deal with acid reflux as well as a as a that not always as not as bad um i deal with it a little bit and i think part of that was because i wasn't the throw up bulimia i okay. was the uh, laxative i swallow swords so making myself throw up was kind of out of the question you, you swallow swords yeah <laughs> really yeah. that how did someone get into that like that's yeah. I know we're talking about like um, those serious podcasts talking about that, but this is we gotta we gotta talk no, about. No, you're fine. Um, that for me was after a family member of mine had passed away. I okay. was trying to like focus, put my focus on something to get my mind out of things, and I was really like just kind of enamored by the freak show stuff and started learning. I started with fire, and then I started with the sword swallowing, and then I started doing the blockhead stuff where I put nails in my nose and stop mouse traps on my tongue and. Wow. What, yeah. <laughs> fire and swords. I mean, it's not like it's it's kind of like you don't know which one to start with first. Like what? What am I going to fire my mouth or a sword? Like how do I how do you The fire that? was easier. The fire was less scary to learn originally. Um breathing fire was a little bit more scary, but once I got the hang of it, that was that was fun. Uh the sword swallowing part it was just getting over that initial hey this is not gonna feel comfortable and you're gonna have to basically learn to control a muscle that's down here so you don't throw up um but, but you're throwing up it's a sword is in your, in your face it's like, it's like 
That's the yeah, but you have a little muscle down here that's essentially kind of like a butthole. And you have to learn how to control it because the sword does go past that and go down to like here. Um, some people have longer swords that can actually go down and touch their stomach. I don't, I don't go that, that far. Um, it's a sword. I'm afraid of my, I would hit something. It's, it's beveled down. So it's not sharp. Um, okay. And you do have to learn how to line your like self up so that you don't mess that up, which is why a lot of people end up learning with wire coat hangers because you can stretch them out into the shape and they'll bend so that you won't end up hurting anything. Uh, that's how I learned. We got a comment. This is a throat butthole, uh, which is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's a sphincter muscle. So technically. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't know. I didn't have, you learn something new all the time. <laughs> The mousetrap honestly was the more scary of the stunts to learn just because I was afraid I was going to snap my tongue in half. Um, did not. Hurts a lot less than burning your mouth with a hot pocket. So, I, 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 I'm not, I'm going to take your word for it because I'm never going to try <laughs> to put a mousetrap. It's a fun party trick. It's a fun party trick. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you see this stuff like if you go to the circus and stuff like that, and you, you, you see people doing this and you're always thinking there's a gimmick to it, like the sword. It pushes, you know, it's pushes. No, oh, they, pushes do make the, they do make those. Okay. No, but I, I learned how to do the real thing. I'm nervous. Um, I'm getting, I'm like hitting my microphone because I, I can't believe this is actually happening. <laughs> um, or the mousetrap and stuff. Like, I, I would think that there's something to it where it doesn't really hurt. It just doesn't, it, but these, this actually is a real mousetrap. Like the one you get in the store, you put down. No, I literally go to Walmart and buy the like wooden vector ones. And that's what I use. Okay. We, well, yeah. The ones we use at work uh, to get the, the rats, the little wooden ones with the snap. Yeah, those those are the ones. Okay, those are the real ones, the real hardcore ones. Yeah. And um, so how do you how do you train for that? That's just uh, a lot of trial and error, and reading and watching people that like are already in the business. Okay. Um, thankfully, I you know I was able to get a couple pointers from some people in the business, uh, so that I didn't seriously injure myself. Um. But a lot of it, I definitely wouldn't recommend just like going off and trying to do it on your own because it can kill you. Like it is, it is not, <laughs> it is a little dangerous. Um, I've had so many nosebleeds when I was working on the, the nail thing. I actually have one of my nasal passages that is way more open than the other one because I would go up and up and up in size to essentially stretch like you would your ears. Okay. So don't try this at home. If it was saying, don't try this at home. If you're listening to this podcast, do not yeah, swallow or <laughs> put a mousetrap out on your tongue. So the, wait, you said the nails, you would put nails into your, that was part of the trick. Yeah. Oh. So it sits basically back into your nasal cavity, like right back here. You have like three different nasal cavities and you'll, I can feel when I'm at the correct one and it just slides right back in there. I started learning to do it with a Q-tip at first. Okay. And then I progressively went up and at one point, I had a drill that I would turn on and pass through and I'd pass tubes in and out of my nose and my mouth. Wow. That's, that's crazy. My, see, my dad was right. Like when we were younger, we wanted to get like different haircuts and dye our hair and piercings. He was like, why don't I just put a nail in your head? No one does that. No one has that. And look, you, you know, he's right. I could have been famous. I could have been in shows. My dad yeah. is always right. There you go. <laughs> They run off and join the circus, and you're yeah. like, well, I'm already halfway there. We're good. So you were, like, in the circus, like, traveled around and everything like that? N no, oh, no, okay. I didn't. I did uh, local shows back uh, where I'm originally from. I did, like, local shows. I've done a couple of, like, weddings and had a Star Wars wedding where I swallowed a lightsaber, and that was fun. 
you could see it partially glow a little bit. I was, it was a fun time. Um, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so I just got. <laughs> I got. I, gotta... I did have a um, a gig that they wanted me out somewhere for one, but like nobody that I had talked to that's actively been in the performer business for like freak show or circus had ever heard of the place. So I was a little like, didn't want to be kidnapped. So I, I, I chose against it. Okay. That's at smart. the moment. Yeah. No one wants to be kidnapped. That's, that's no, not, no. I mean, they'd probably give me back, but <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, well, you know, I would, uh, I, I could, I couldn't imagine like, you know, um, performing that in front of people like the, I mean, just learning it in general, as far as like, you know, swallowing swords and stuff like that like that's got to be like i would think you need like total quiet concentration not people looking at it. like again it's just for the show and everything but you get in the zone um when i did one of the shows it was at more of a uh how do i put this appropriately for the internet alternative club okay. um <laughs> not not a not a strip club but a, a different type of we, we won't go there um but but i had one of the guys in there that was actually one of my friends uh I walked over and he pulled the nail out of my nose with his teeth just because we knew each other and I trusted him enough and everybody like wigged out and freaked out. And my uh, really good friend of mine was my like showgirl. Um, he wore a kilt and held on to everything for me while I was performing. But you get into like a mindset where you do kind of shut everything out. Like, you know what's going on, but at the same time you are focused. If that makes sense. And no one's ever tried to like, jump up and like pull something out or like, like from the crowd. Or no, anything. thankfully where I've been at, everybody's been super respectful. Um, and majority of the time it's, it is all adults uh, at the ones that I have done. So thankfully, thankfully no uh, for my safety. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the star Wars thing is pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to write that down. Uh, if I ever get married, I, I think it's going to go. Uh, Gonna be added to the list of non-negotiables is gonna have a lightsaber swallowing at the the wedding, um, just for fun. Because I want to like after I get married, like walk down to, you know, like the lightsabers, like in a like in a uh, point type of thing, like that. Yeah. Um. So maybe at the wedding before we cut the cake, we could swallow the lightsaber and cut the cake with the lightsaber or something like that. There you go. Well, you have to get a different lightsaber for the cake cutting, but yeah, I, I feel that. Something like <laughs> that. Like, yeah, like, you know, be like the whole ceremony thing. Like, we're going to oh, we'll yeah. look at the same one. We'll switch it up. It, believe me, there's no... Like royalty, but with the galaxy. Yes. Uh, believe me, there's no... Not even close to anything happening, right? So, uh, weddings are... <laughs> It's all just hearsay, but I, I like that idea. But that that's pretty everybody's cool. going wild in the comments because you have some mystery girl. <laughs> yeah, we got a couple of uh, comments here. Um you were talking about being kidnapped and being given back. Somebody wrote, not with that talent, they won't. Um <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> we do get, you know, this is we try to keep okay. on the podcast, but um, you know, sometimes uh people's comments get the better of them. I mean, um, no, I, I've mentioned it when I've been getting tattooed before and they've all looked at me and I'm like, listen, if you can say a line that I haven't heard before, tell me, because I've heard literally every joke under the sun. The moment anybody hears sword swallower, like to answer your questions. Yes. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and um, whatever, <laughs> like, but no, surprisingly enough, all the tattoo artists was like, does it hurt? Like, how does it feel? I'm like, oh, well, yeah, because I don't even, like, I have the mind of a 13-year-old. And when you're talking about swords, that's the last thing I'm thinking about is anything perverted. I'm like, 
I'm just thinking of a sword going into my face. That's all I could think of. Nothing. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not the most comfortable. Um, but I mean, you get used to it. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I'm not gonna try it. I'll take your word for it. Um, At one point, I used a modified Freddy Krueger glove that I had for a Halloween thing. That was that's fun. Cool. That's that's like really one of the only horror movies I've I've really will watch are the Nightmare on Elm Street ones. I'm not a big horror fan. Um, my best friend Nick is the biggest horror fan. <laughs> and, um, it's he'll always be like, oh, you gotta see this movie. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't. You have guys to are really the yin and yang. Look at that. We are, we are yin and yang. <laughs> we have a lot in common, but we also are, as far as like you know, movie movie wise, there's a lot of movies you like the same things. But he's into the horror stuff. I'm more into the romantic comedies. Um, he likes those too. But um, it's just yeah, I, I can't get into the whole the whole horror thing. Um. And I guess because I'm I'm a baby, a big baby. That's really what it is. And I it, to me, it's not just a movie. I will. Oh have my it. god. Okay. So with one of my friends, how I actually helped her, because she was the same way for a while. And I think it was Paranormal Activity. Um, we went. We were the only two people in the theater because it had been out forever. And she sat next to me and asked me, Very "Well, how sweet. did they do that? How did they do that?" And after I explained it to her, it made things a lot easier. And we became horror movie buddies whenever we would go to the movie theaters. So I didn't sleep for like three days after that movie. I think I ruined somebody's experience with Insidious because we were in there. We'd seen it like three times already. And the word Insidious flashes on the screen. Big, loud noise. I screamed because I work at a haunt. <laughs> so I screamed. This lady in front of me just gets up and goes, oh, hell no. And walks out. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, oh my um, bad. There's a couple of movies that really freak me out. The Grudge freaked me out. Um, that sound that she makes when she's coming down the stairs and just like, you know. But it's just, it, it, it's just, I can't. I, the haunt, the haunt actor in me wanted to just start trolling you so bad right now, but we're not going to do that. No, I, I won't sleep tonight. It will, it will be, uh, <laughs> it'll be a bad night and I'll be very cranky and, and not pleasant tomorrow. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't watch too many horror movies. Um, I keep it light. like to keep it, uh, you know, romantic comedies. Um, I watch a lot of Sopranos. I'll watch that over and over again. I will, I have like a couple, couple of shows I watch on repeat. Soprano. Okay, I have to say more. Gilmore Girls. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one I, I watch on repeat? Is 90210. That's on repeat. Uh, so those are my main three that I will watch. And, and different seasons for it, too. Like, um, I'm just finishing Soprano, so I'll start 90210 again. And then in the fall, I'll watch Gilmore Girls, because that's, a, that's like a fall show. Oh, okay. So do you watch Supernatural, then? No. Supernatural. No, I don't watch. Supernatural. I like I like vampire movies though. I do like. But vampire. you watch Gilmore Girls. Yeah. The same actor is in both. Yeah, but it's not the same show. But it's not scary. I promise you, it's a good it's, show. It's called Supernatural. So it's a good show. <laughs> it's called Supernatural. I mean, I don't. <laughs> You know, you know, if it was called like you know, walking down the street, I might well, oh, I'll give it a try, and then like get me with like something, but like super right off the bat, I'm like, yeah, no, it's supernatural. I <laughs> so no, that that's not my thing. So you said you work at a haunt, which is uh, my, you know, my friend Nick works at the haunt. I know what that's like. That's like, is that like um, how did you get involved in that? Was I guess obviously something that you were you know interested in horror, but like, yeah, I uh. I did it for seven, six, seven years um, back where I'm originally from. Um, I just decided 
I was like, you know what? I want to go see how this is. So I walked in and I was supposed to be a clown. And they were like, well, we have too many clowns for tonight, but we don't have anybody in this old lady role to fill this random room. And they handed me a like $700 silicone mask that goes completely over my head. And I immediately got like flashbacks to goosebumps, the haunted <laughs> mask. And I was like, is this going to stick to my face? Am I going to be okay? Um, put it on. And after that first night, I don't know like what happened, but that was it. And I was grandma and nobody was taking that role from me. I was the only person that ever wore that mask. I was the only person to ever play that character. And I did that for six or seven years straight. Wow. Um, and it was, it was a really fun time. And I have to say like, it does get easier walking through haunts when you've worked in one. Cause you kind of see behind the scenes and how they work. And, you know, I did spend a summer kind of help re helping to redo the haunt and running around like a kidney candy store. So <laughs> it gets, it gets a little bit easier cause you see behind the scenes, so you know what's going on and you help put it together. But even when I went to like neighboring haunts, because I work it, I know what's going on. So I'll just go through just to mess with the people who work there to see if they can keep character. <laughs> yeah, I don't, um, I can. I don't think I can either work or go through one just because it's. Uh, it would freak me out a little bit too much. Um, especially it's people different when you're on the working side. It's different when you're the yeah. one in there. Right. It really is. I'll take your word for it. Again, none of those things. I'm not going <laughs> to try. Do you do it now where you are now? You said you did it where you used to work. There, there is one out here, but it hasn't been open for the past couple of years. So it's just been kind of a sad time. Okay. But if when it opens sad back time. up again, are you going to try to get, get into it? Uh, for the one there, yeah. I'm honestly in Vegas. They um, Halloween Horror Nights is opening up a year-round haunt wow. out in Vegas, too. Okay. So I think I'm going to go check that out and... Like during my off times when I'm not traveling or doing things, maybe see if they need somebody to pop in and work a little bit because that would be fun. That seems like the perfect year round Halloween stuff is yeah. like bread and butter. I like me. the season. I like those months. I just <laughs> am not like a fan of the scary part of it, but I do like. Okay, I'm going to be real with you. I think some of it has to do with like I was. I don't want to say made to, but made to because I really didn't have a choice because okay. um, I was a child. Go to Catholic and Christian school for my entire school career. Um, so I think that's where <laughs> like my affinity for some of the darker stuff comes from is I'm like, hey, Ravel. But I don't know. It, it ends up becoming like, I don't know. Me and my dad's uh, Christmas Eve movie one year was The Shining. Um okay. <laughs> And I just remember walking out in the living room and it was the bathroom scene. And I'm like, dude, she needs to shave. And he's like, it was a different time back then. And I'm like, yeah, but like, it, at least like make it presentable. Like, and he just started dying. Cause at that point I was old enough that I could make those comments around my dad. He wouldn't be, he's not sensitive anyway, but yeah. like certain things, you know, you can get away with once you pass a certain age. Yes, and uh, it's 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 more fun when you can do that. You know, you can look, yeah, you make, make those kind of comments. But yeah, no, that was her. That was her thing. And I remember like walking out when the Saw movies came out, and he'd have a projector and he'd have them on, and I'm just like sitting there watching, trying to figure out how they did certain things. And that's when I got into the makeup side of things and started kind of playing around and seeing, okay, well, this is how that makes that tick, and that makes that do that, and it's interesting it gets I, fun. I do like the whole like you know the special effects side of it because it is pretty cool like you know just in, as 
somebody likes movies to begin with. Um, you know, I I I like when it's not CG CGI when it's right. when, when it's real. You know, it's actual you know special effects and stuff like that. That is pretty cool. I will give uh, props to that because as you know, even like in movies when I watch like you know, um, a regular movie, nugget, you know, and they it's something so fake. I just I can't stand it. Like yeah, there's too much CGI like, lately. Like if you really want to be surprised, go and watch some of the behind the scenes for the Chucky. And watch okay. how many people it takes to control one doll. I'm gonna. I'll check that out. Yeah, because like um... there's, I think it's like past seat of Chucky. Multiple like handfuls of people per each work. doll yeah. to make each one work because they're all on like different points on the doll doing different things and it's it's insane watching how much work goes into those. Well, there was a movie that just came out with uh, Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy. Um, I forget what it's called. But like he's basically trying to marry his 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 Eddie Murphy's daughter. Oh my God! I know what movie you're talking about too. But I haven't end, watched the it kiss yet. is CGI. Like they, they don't even they didn't really do that. It's a CGI kiss, and I'm the only thing I could think of is like they were afraid of COVID and stuff like that. But <laughs> it is so it's like you can't even you can't even like you know. That's one of those that you can't do. Like uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, I it's so like you know CGI is just like it's it's crazy. It's taken over the movies, and I just want regular, regular movie, special effects, real things. Right, happen. like go back old school where it's like gallons of whatever to do whatever practical effects. They get the better the better effect on screen anyway. Like coming from a yeah. standpoint of like watching things, like it just looks better. So the movie's called You People. That's the movie. You People. That's what it's called. Ah, okay. Um, my buddy Rich. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, Jaws is one of you know the biggest thrillers of all time. Ooh. And there was really no special effects. I mean, there was no CGI. No, that had, had, that had to be terrifying to film because they were really in that giant roost yeah. and like, nah. So, I mean, and because the shark didn't really work, they couldn't get, you know, because of the water. Because I'm breaking down, they had to and you know improvise and kind of make it like you know where they shot it with the camera angles where it was more of a thriller, and it was like you know more psychological than anything else. And still, I won't go in the ocean to this day. I was about to say, can you imagine just being that actor or actress and like dealing with a shark that you know isn't working, and then all of a sudden it starts making sounds like it's gonna start working? Like no, yeah. no, no, I'm good. Is, no, working with it and everything. Oh, it's crazy. But, you know, um, you know, movies are a great escape. And to me, that's exactly what they are. And some people like our movies. Some people like other movies. I just tend to. I mean, I like all of them. I just. I like spooky. (laughs) Now, do you work with a lot of like in your modeling? Does like a lot of movies when they're coming out reach out to you to like, you know, wear their products or their shirts or anything like that? Not. Uh, well, okay, so when I started it, like my my base has grown um, substantially mm-hmm. uh, recently within the past few months, just because I've been putting myself out there and like trying to collaborate with people and getting these collaborations and everything else. Um, so originally, not so much. Um, I have gotten quite a few uh, people reaching out, not so movie companies, but like brands and stuff. Um, the big movie that you know I I have been promoting, um, I did put a little bit of money into myself, like helped help them out because I believe in them. Like, again, I'll, I have quite a few friends in that film 
and everybody worked so hard and they used practical effects and it was going back to the roots and that's definitely something that I enjoy which is why I was like hey uh I got you if you need help on promotion and just been going him <laughs> I think I, I think I know that movie at the Forest Hills yeah yes the Forest Hills I um I was at the premiere not bragging just, you know there. I'm jealous I couldn't go <laughs> I couldn't I, uh, make it out there. I'm so sad. I was people, so sad. People know Nick, people. Uh... People know people. Um, no, but it's, it's it's true. Like it's 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 so it was cool. Like you know, because I I promoted it before. Like you know, um, beforehand, and, you know, to see my my best friend in a movie and to have three of his songs on the soundtrack. Um, You're talking about Demon Scar, Nick. Demon Scar, yes. Yep. Who, um, <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it is. I, I think I, I'm just so used to like people. I think people know now. I say Nick, they know his whole history because I, I, I talk about him a lot on here. <laughs> well, yeah, no, he, the, to get three songs on a soundtrack and everything, and um, it's definitely a big thing. And it was, it was cool to see the movie, and uh, it was like talk about it was more of a psychological thriller too than um, you know. There's some there's there's gore in it and everything, but like right. it plays with the mind more. And it was the, I don't want to give too much away because I want people to see it, but the way that went about it, it was definitely um, a cool mind pl play on it, especially in a time where like, you know, it dealt with a lot of mental illness and, and, and my, my, right. we're, we're in that time where it's definitely in the forefront. And I talk about it a lot on here. Um, people deal with, you know, different, we had last week we did a whole big episode on it because uh, the guy I had on his podcast deals with, uh, you know, mental illness and anxiety and all that stuff. So definitely seeing that the way they did that, it was like perfect for the, especially for the time it's coming in. But you right. have you seen the movie? Um, okay. Bits and pieces. Okay. Uh, I've seen a lot of it pre-production, like pre being released and during editing and everything. Um, but no, it is one of the things that I did enjoy is that a lot of it was psychological. Um, and even though it's in a horror movie, like that kind of stuff needs to be talked about more. Yeah. Like and, in general. And like when, when Nick was first promoting it, I, I said Shelly Long is that Shelly Duvall when I was promoting. Good job. Good job. And I was like, Shelly Long, star. where are you from? Like, cheers. Oh, she's Gold cheers. Star. I'm like, I'm sure she's doing something right about now, but uh, Shelly Duvall's actually, and I can't believe and I knew in my head, I'm like, okay, that's wrong. You said it, it's wrong. And every she would honestly be one of the better people to come out and talk about mental health too, because of everything that yeah. happened with her um, on the side of The Shining, and you know all the anxiety and everything that she went through. Yeah, and she was great in this. Um, you know, I've heard like you know over the last couple of years, she's had her difficulties and everything. But you know what? She's a pro. I mean, that cat. You know, she had her scenes and she nailed it. Like it was like. That actress is still there, you know. It was she, like she never left. Yeah, she, she, um, she, yeah, she had a home run in her scenes, hundred percent. Like, I said to Nick, because Nick was sitting next to me, and I said, "Dude, she still got it. Like, she still got it. Like, you know, because I've seen her in one of my favorite movies that she's in is a movie called Roxanne. I don't know if you ever seen it. Okay, so that's one of my favorite movies with Shelley Duvall. There you um, go. I was yeah. about to say, if we're going on the wavelength of movies not in the horror genre, I definitely think one of my favorites is A League of Their Own. I just watched that yesterday. <laughs> not for the first time, I hope. No, no. Okay. I was about to say, um... <sighs> no, for the millionth time I, I watched Okay. <laughs> I'm old. That came out when I was like 13. I've seen that like a million times. Um, I, see, I saw the theater. 
Okay. That's nice. yeah. Yeah, no, I love that movie. Love that movie. I, I saw that last night. Uh the movie Roxanne though holds a special part, a place in my heart because it actually um this is talking about like you know, when you want to do something. I, I saw that movie and when Steve Martin has that scene where the guy calls him big nose and he's got to think of 20 jokes better. That actually made me want to tell jokes on stage for some reason. I felt like, okay, it was hilarious. Um, years later, I got to know Max Alexander. Now he was the guy in the movie, the, the heavy set guy with the mustache. He was a stand-up comic. One of the, the best ever. He was the only guy to do, uh, the Tonight Show with Carson Leno and Conan O'Brien. He's like a legendary comic. I got to know him later on in, in life. And I told him about that movie. And like he was like, you know, it goes, it's amazing. You were like eight and I was having the time of my life. It was a great movie to be on set of. And so when I was like eight years old and I saw this movie, I wanted to tell jokes. There was um, a talent show at camp. And I told my counselor, I want to tell jokes. He's like, nah, I'm going to take you and the other fat kids. And you're going to do the twist. To the chubby, to the fat boys cover, and that's going to be your talent. And in all fairness, I've never killed so hard on stage. They were like, it was like Def Comedy Jam. They were falling over each other, laughing as we were doing the twist to the song. It was like me and like four other guys. Um, they were dying, and I wish it was now because I could have sued them and been a millionaire. But no, it was the eighties. I, I mean, <laughs> it was the eighties, and those things just happened. Um, different- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they might still be happening, but, you know, people are a little bit more vocal about things now. More vocal now. <laughs> then it was just, it was expect, it was, you know, it was, it was I mean, it was funny. I mean, uh, you think back now, it's, it was, uh, it was funny, but they, that was actually, it's just crazy how different things um, kind of inspire you to do things. Right. And uh, that movie really made me want to make people laugh because he was, the whole place was like, he's doing those jokes and the whole bar is cracking up. And I wanted to be in front of people and making people laugh. So that was um, that movie holds like a special place. And uh, my Shelley Duvall connection that she's plays. His best that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely understand that because uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was definitely one of my big Robert England in general. I mean, I have. If it'll show. My okay. tattoo here. Nice. I have all um, the Star Wars stuff on here. Okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I'm a little Phantom of the Opera on that arm too. Oh, that's a, okay. I see the that. Phantom there of the is. Opera mask. I am a theater person. Um, I am too tattooed to try to uh, do Broadway. Um, definitely no, wanted to go for that thing. dream, and then realized I'm covered in tattoos. There's no way I'm playing Elphaba and Wicked. Like. No such thing as too much tattoos. Uh, let's do it. Let's get you on Broadway. I think mission. <laughs> you'll go. I mean, nowadays, I think it's uh, you can't do that to people. You can't say no to people because they have tattoos. It's we'll call it discrimination, anti-tattoo discrimination. We'll start a whole movement. Oh yeah, and I mean that is that is another reason why like I really started going headstrong for like the modeling thing is mm-hmm. because growing up I didn't see anybody that looked like me, but I saw girls that looked like me that I thought were cool as hell and i don't see a whole lot of representation with people that are tattooed or alternative in the fashion industry or like the fitness industry yeah like there's a ton of girls that are alternative goth emo whatever you want to name it punks all different varieties even you know men too um but they don't have representation in fitness 
everybody you see in fitness is like these like clean cut and not to shame on anybody like no, but it's do so you like you guys are still doing just as amazing but like i i want to have something out there that i've done and to like help people so well, yeah. that somebody that may have that style can look at me like oh she did it i can do it too exactly you, you know that's the reason, the reason why i do this podcast and, and things is because i want somebody to be like okay i was in that position i know what he's talking about yeah you'd want somebody like to be like who maybe like you know likes the way they look but is looking on social media and seeing one thing and right. they're like maybe i made the maybe i'm maybe i'm I have to change things i have to change myself and like no no here's somebody that's just like me and they're doing the whole damn thing and so yeah, absolutely. I think there is a need for representation out there. And, yeah, no, um, definitely. I I learned a lot of that in like in the recovery, and it's funny. Like I never want my whole persona to be oh well, I recovered from this thing and blah 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 blah. And I I don't. But I really did learn so much just in regards to loving myself, mm -hmm. loving who I am, understanding that I do have a variety of different styles that I go for. Some days I'll be this like super golfed out person other days i'll be a total like gym rat gremlin wearing like no makeup and sweatpants and a t-shirt you know and then i have like the retro vintage rockabilly pinup style that i wear and you know occasionally when i'm in north carolina i'll look like a hick but <laughs> good to have different options and like you said like you know yeah, you don't have to be known for the recovery like but like, it definitely it's i mean it's saved your life but I, I owe my life to it yeah. like if I, if I didn't at least talk about it like Who's to say that somebody else is in the same spot that, like you said, the same spot that I was in and is afraid to say anything because they think they're not worthy of it because they're not down to that certain size or whatever, whatever. Like that, that doesn't matter. If you're sick with it, you're sick with it. It doesn't matter what size you are. So what like, do you think keeps you on the right path now? Um, like moving forward with everything is, is, you know, and just keeps you from not going back to the way things were. Finally being like happy, being able to actually look in the mirror or look at myself or like if I talk to my parents, being able to tell them I'm happy and actually mean it because there was so many, so many moments where I was just faking being happy um, because it really does. It crushes you mentally. It completely obliterates you. Like my mental health was in the gutter and granted, I still do have bad days. Like it's not... It's not a straight line. It's going to be an up and down thing for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't ever want to go back to that, the darkness that I was in when I was sick. Um, there was a lot of pain, both mentally and physically, like, cause despite what people think you, you, you can overdose on laxatives and it is the most gut wrenching, obliterating pain where you're yeah. literally just on the ground praying to anything that'll hear you to make it stop. I could imagine like taking a bunch of those just is the pain. Not a fun time. Be, no, the pain's got to be. Not a fun time. Crazy. Um, but I just I don't I don't want to get down to that point again. Like I don't ever want to get up to go to the bathroom and wake back up in between the toilet and the wall because I had completely blacked out and passed out on the toilet because I was that malnourished and that messed up and my body was just done. Um. That was, that was, that was scary. Uh, cause at that point I thought I was fine cause I had never passed out. Yeah. I passed out going to the bathroom and that made me wonder and be kind of scared for everybody else because what happens if that would have happened when I was driving? 
Yeah. I I just, I don't ever want to be in that place again. And I have worked too hard on becoming the person who I want to be and trying not to let that mindset creep back in for it to, for it to win again. I worked too hard being able to tell it to, you know, screw off. Um, Cause it never does. It never goes away. It, it never does. It's always kind of there in the back of your head. You just get better at telling it to screw off and doing your own thing. Um, you figure it out as you go, but you're. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it seems like just from an outsider's perspective, you're doing an amazing job at doing those things. You're doing things that you like to do, um, you know, like with the, the modeling and helping people. And I think that just, I mean, and the way I look at it is that's something that there's a it push. You got to push you as well. Like, you know, getting the positive feedback that you get. Um, by I'm being still not used thing. to that. <laughs> I am like the worst person to take compliments. Like I'll just kind of be flattered and not know what to say other than thank you. I'm the same um, way. Yeah. I, I still don't know how to take that. And I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, and you know what? I'm fine if it doesn't change. It keeps me humble. And I'd rather stay humble than let everything go to my head. Yeah, I mean it's 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 hard. I, I'm bad at taking compliments too. Like so I say something I'm like, yeah, but this and that, that, that like you know, like just take you're always your worst critic, and that's yeah. the part of your brain that like you gotta learn to tell the screw off because this I mean you're your worst critic at the end of the day, and you always are gonna be. Like I could pick out 15 things about myself that I don't like, but I guarantee you nobody else will notice them unless I mentioned them. Nobody also noticed the flaws that you say you have until you point them out because they don't see them as a flaw. That's true. Absolutely true. And like, even like, like a a bunch of friends saw me do comedy for the first time and they were like, Oh my God, you're so funny. Like, you know, it's, it's amazing. You've done this. And I'm like, yeah, I I still gotta go to work tomorrow. So it's like, you know, I'm just negating everything they're saying. Like, you know, like, you know, it doesn't matter. I go to work tomorrow, but I I'm just bad at, I can't, she's like, thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed yourself at the show. But no, it's like, yeah. no, you're in that mindset that. though, where you really just, you're wanting to do that full time and yeah. well, part of your brain kind of discourages you on it. But that's, that's the whole, that's the fun part. All of this is the grind to get there because if it was yeah. easy, it wouldn't really be worth it. No, like Tom Hanks said in League of Their Own, it's the hard that makes it great. And if it was easy, mm-hmm. everybody would do it. Yeah, I watched it last night, so it's, it's my and head. yeah, you you were asking, you were asking, yeah, that is why I promote a lot of like my friends' stuff or like people, like even if I haven't met them on a personal level, but like we've conversated and we're on an acquaintance level. If they're not like a friend, friend, if they have the talent and the passion there, they deserve that recognition. Like, That's awesome. Who knows that one thing could be the thing to go yeah. off and go crazy, and they're off mm-hmm. doing their thing and. Yeah, somebody sees it on your page and it just sparks an interest. And, you know, I think that's a that's a big thing. And that's old school, too. Like, you know, a lot of people helping each other get to the next step. And um, I think with social media, a lot there's a lot of competition on there. And people are always trying to, like, you know, they think they're in competition. Yeah, there's not. And no one's in competition with anybody else. We're all just trying to do our thing and make our mark. And anyway, can help somebody is the best way to do it. And um, before we go, I just want you to plug everything you want to plug and get, get it out there and let everybody um, come find you and uh, check out your stuff. Well, I mean, a lot of my plugs and stuff are tagged on my pages. So uh, <laughs> if like anybody is watching that wants to support a new metal band, go check out demon scar on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, his buddy, Nick is in the band and they're pretty, 
pretty freaking awesome. Um, as far as my own social medias go, uh, my page on here is Savannah Maria dash cloudy dead doll and pretty much on all other social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, so be it is cloudy dead doll as well. But and those are going to have links to get in contact with me as well if needed. Awesome. Well, I just want to thank you so much, Savannah, for being on the show. Uh, it was awesome. I was great talking to you and hopefully yeah. one day again we can have you on, um, and have another conversation. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. And if you ever do come to New York, let me know. Well, uh, I gotta get you oh, some pizza, yeah. and we're gonna get you some <laughs> bagels and and I, I, you know, all the fun stuff. We just gotta make sure I get like the gluten vitamins first. But you know what? Even if I don't have them, screw it, because I need to try New York pizza at least once. Yeah, as soon as you book the trip, start taking the vitamins. I'll start loading <laughs> Because there's a lot of gluten here in New York that you have to have. <laughs> yeah, but I've heard it's so world. good, and I'm it ready. Is. I'm You're so ready. ready. You got to do this when you eat it together. Da, 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 yeah. Da. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Savannah, so much for being on the show. And, uh, thank you for having me. No problem. All right, everybody. I want to thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Keep Moving Forward podcast. As always, the podcast is available at anchor.fm slash KMF podcast. Also available on iTunes. And while you're there, five-star rate and review. Check out the new video feature on Spotify and also five-star rate and review us there. We are played in and out each week by Hollow in their single, Something to Believe. My best friend Nick wrote this song. Check it out on iTunes. And while you're there, his new band, Demon Scar, they're releasing new music like crazy. Just released a live album from the Whiskey. So check that out over at demonscar.bandcamp.com. Only one place to go, Long Island, for your deli needs. That's Finn's Deli. Finn's Deli, 4646 Merrick Road in Massapequa. Tell my brother Mike you heard the plug on the show and get yourself an Uncle Cheese, the best sandwich out there. Not because it's named after me. It really is that good. Check him out, finsdeli.com. Once again, thank you all for joining us here live on Facebook and for listening at home on your podcast listening devices. This has been Episode 272. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you later. Yeah.